0: unqualified. I never ever saw myself writing. It was the one thing I loathed in school and it's probably the one thing that has kept me from pursuing my master's degree. In high school, I used to ask my dad for help and I would speed abbreviate so that I could capture every piece of the sentence he was saying while telling him, no, no, I'm not writing what you say word for word. I never thought I was creative and I always struggled to find the words But sometimes we're called to do things we feel we are unqualified to do. God often uses broken people. Scripture has an abundance of examples. And now I'm very much one of them as my second son, Logan Ray Borman, unexpectedly took his life with a single gunshot to his head on December 15, 2017, at the age of 23. You see, I am a NICU nurse and my husband is a detective for the sheriff's office. We had four amazing children one adopted and we have a great marriage with little to no dysfunction everyone has some though right we had married young as we started a family earlier than expected but a mom was the reason i felt i had been put on earth to be my husband glenn helped me get through nursing school with a total of three kids at graduation we had made it nearly debt-free moved to colorado springs to be closer to family and found a house in a great school district that by definition made us a middle-class family. Glenn resisted faith initially, but in the last 15 years has found it to be truth, and therefore gave me everything I had ever wanted—a loving, intact family, a great job, my favorite dogs to love on, a community full of love, an ample lifestyle, and a family that did faith together. But now everything changed as my single most important identity on earth— A mother was put on trial, if only in my mind. And I became a writer. Without regards to how it would taint our family name, I began to heave info. I didn't wait for people to ask the questions. I loved the details and just assumed they wanted them too. I felt like I was saving those from the agony of their thoughts and awkwardness of asking. Without fear of contaminating thoughts of how we had previously been perceived, I acknowledged Logan's death was by suicide and that he likely suffered from severe clinical depression. Many praised this, stating the stigma surrounding both, but that only cheered me on. We learn so much about someone when they're gone, and without realizing it, I became the preserver of Logan's legacy. I recognize he probably wouldn't have liked me sharing intimate details, but it's now about the needs of the living. It has been therapeutic for me to talk through the journey. But it was also a hope that I could somehow bring awareness and not only help others feel less alone, but maybe change one life. I never felt qualified to write, but I did continue to pray about where God wanted me throughout this experience. I wondered if it was speaking in schools, working with nonprofits, changing jobs to something mental health. What? And in the meantime, I put words through the keyboard when prompted and wasn't even realizing I was writing a book. Thinking out loud seems to give me the freedom to release those thoughts, feelings, or topics, at least for a little while. By being raw, vulnerable, and honest, I hope to offer insight and help others sympathize with a mother's grief, and for those hurting throughout the same torment of mental health, offer relief from isolation. Severe trauma changes us, and my goal was always to use it to change myself for the better. Although there are definite weeks, days, or minutes I have aimed more for the pity party, unable to evict all my regrets and deal with the word forever, somehow the tiniest light has come to show me hope, that the sun always shines in the morning, and a new day and feelings will occur. So as time passed, the pleas and encouragement to write a book didn't cease, although it continued to be daunting to me. Can I do this? I was a good communicator, but not a good writer. I don't have the skill set or ability to do this task. But reflection revealed I was drawing my confidence from the wrong place and not realizing that God calls the unqualified so that there exists the gap that He can fill. He wants us to trust that He will cover us with His strength and power. Otherwise, we would think we have done the job ourselves. When our skill set doesn't measure up, We often put aside and wait for things we're qualified to undertake, but then we are missing out on some incredible opportunities to see God working. When I really asked, is God calling me to do this? I got my answer when I was reading back over my posts and realizing I hadn't even remembered composing most of them, and they didn't appear to be the things that I would produce. I had followed his prompting each time, and there has been no confusion on If this was my work or his, I had the most important requirement. I had the most important requirement. I had an experience others could benefit from learning from, and I had a desire to follow the verse I had tattooed on my foot last year. Not my will, but yours be done. Luke 22, verse 42. Everything fell into place as a co-worker prompted by a post introduced me to my amazing editor, who appreciated my vision and reassured me the book had already been written. It's my story. Clearly, I could have a hundred conversations with you about how my life has been forever changed, how I'm not the same as before, and even offer my advice. But this book is a synopsis of how we actually reacted in real time through the first year of the most horrific, unimaginable journey we would endure. This book is about the end, but also a beginning, and all of the what-ifs in between. It's composed of those day-to-day posts I made on Facebook. While nearly all entries were extracted from Facebook in real time, a couple have been inserted, some not originally published due to the sensitivity of others at the accompanying time. Will I regret some of my decision about what I wrote when I see things differently? Perhaps, but you get the raw, genuine feelings Of that coexistent time. I may apologize at some of my hasty actions, my explanations of suicide, and even analyzations, but this is grief, and it's not pretty much of the time. I had actually hoped to have this finished and produced much sooner, but I never imagined how demanding it would be to sift through the very difficult details and accounts of our lives since Logan died, many which would have been better to some forgotten. There are ways I know I'm getting better moving through this process. A friend announces a baby, and I don't automatically feel jealous. Well, most of the time, at least. I don't log into Logan's email account every day hoping to find another tactile presence, and some mornings I can be awake for 20 seconds before it hits me like a thud that he's no longer here. But suicide is like no other kind of death. And being gentle and forgiving of myself has been an immense struggle. Suicide is one of the most confusing experiences. In my research, there are times I sympathize, times I'm angry, times I feel sorry for him, times I blame him, times I'm so sad for him, times I feel it's so irrational, and times I actually empathize with the pain I'm feeling and want it to all go away like his did. Every emotion as I walk this journey is wrapped in this multidimensional and complex state. The hardest part is the entire part. There's no arriving. It's a never-ending journey. What ifs wrapped in hope. Don't worry. This book isn't all about faith. It's about my furry friends and glimpses of how those hashtag pain warm my inner being and keep me laughing. It's about family and how they sustained my essential purpose. It's about experience and struggling while hashtag finding joy, but realizing it can be found. It's about hashtag mental health awareness and hashtag suicide awareness and hashtag what ifs. It's about strangers. It's about friends. It's about my son Logan and how he left extreme sadness, anger, contrite feelings, depression, and lots and lots of tears. But it's also about a testament of hope, despite those tears. To my fellow suicide grievers, I am so sorry. There is a definite difference between grieving a suicide than another kind of death. It takes such a toll on the body emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Seize all the expert's advice and take care of yourself first. I hope you can find joy in your journey. Grieve, and some days grieve harder. I've learned that you can still hurt and be able to smile at cute fur babies and celebrate others' accomplishments. It's exhausting being okay, but it's also okay to not be okay. You will likely have an inflated view of your role, so be gentle, identifying how you would treat a friend. Have the same compassion for yourself. When you have what-ifs, Deviate them to what you hope for now. It will facilitate your survival. To everyone else, just be still. Don't try to fix anything. It can't be. Just be present and don't say, I can't imagine. Try to instead. Keep educating yourself on mental health, suicide, and then go implement it out there. I am not a writer. He is. He is writing my story. I'm simply putting it out there for others to see. I am admitting my weakness, and in that, I get to see the power of God at work. When I am weak, He is strong. God is glorified when I am unqualified. I hope you have a story like this. If one doesn't come to mind, maybe you are just asking if you can. My aunt sent me this, and I think it's so perfect. She wrote, Read this verse and thought of you and the project in front of you the father is a merciful god who always gives us comfort he comforts us when we are in trouble so that we can share that same comfort with others in trouble 2 corinthians 1 verses 3 through 4